Welcome back to the Turn the Music Podcast. My name is Kyle. This is episode 24. We are on measure nine of the Spirit of Music. And to discuss that, we have CJ. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. I'm tired, but I'm That's doing good. all right. <laughs> it's been one of those weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's been a week. Yeah. It's been a week. How about yourself? I'm tired. Yeah. Um, so I've been going into work early so I can, so I can have Friday off. Oh, okay. And the new guy at work, he doesn't get Monday off because he's like a temp. Okay. So to help him out, I came in early this week so he could get paid for being off on Monday. So I've been going in early all week. And then, as you know, I'm obsessed with this manhunt going on in Pennsylvania. So for those that don't know, there is a, a manhunt going on in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And my friend lives there. So she's about eight-ish miles away from this manhunt. Um, things are picking up and have been picking up since about six o'clock tonight. So, well, um, so let's just that monitor right there. <laughs> let's just put this in perspective for the <laughs> listeners. We're recording this on a Thursday night. So yep. when this episode comes out, it is very plausible that this person has been captured. It's possible, but, but he has been on the run since the 31st of August. Yeah. So, so we're, we're just um, prefacing the fact that at knows? this moment, while we're talking, there's a manhunt. Hopefully yep. he is captured by the time you're listening to this episode on Tuesday yep. on the Tuesday that it drops. Yep. But they are they are closing in on him tonight. It looks like, which is better than than they were doing last night. But um, I have no faith. So I just I the, some of the stuff that you're telling me, I'm just I'm just shocked. Yeah. Like it's crazy. So mm-hmm. I so wonder. Anyway. I wonder. I wonder when or which. Um. TV streaming service is going to get this as a uh, yeah as a movie, and you yeah. know it. You know once the strike is gone, this is going to become a movie within mm-hmm. a year or two oh, yeah. of oh, once yeah. the guy is captured. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see. That's crazy. So that's what I've been listening to for the last week. So no. So no <laughs> what music. Have you been listening to. So no music. Yeah, no, I've been police scanners and like watching not even like music in the streams. background where no dun, dun, no dun, because dun. I'm I'm watching two live streams and a, and listening to the police scanner. So I've got three things going on at the same time. I I've got no. You have a police scanner. Or you downloaded an app. I just a website. And you can listen. I, are those I not? Be, I'm not trying to sound ignorant because I've never done it before. Like in mm-hmm. back in the day. We had a physical scanner, so that's why mm-hmm. I knew. But yeah. like, you could go on a website now and just listen to police mm-hmm. scanners. Yep. I didn't realize they were public in that sense. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very interesting. Yep. So you don't. I mean, you don't get like everything, but you get a fair amount. That's interesting. So, um, I, on the other hand, have not actually listened to much music. But I've been on my audiobook kick. <laughs> so for those of you that are joined for music, <laughs> sorry. If no, you're but lucky, doing... I can pull up the police scanner for a couple minutes. <laughs> so you can listen to that. We are doing music on our live shows. I mean, we'd be doing the this book, the book for now. But yeah, no, I just I've been really hooked on audiobooks. I mean, this happens to me, and I've been listening to um, Exemplary. It's a it's as a book one in a series of uh, 
it's focused on this one guy and I, I think I mentioned in the last episode it's it's done in such a way where the guy's talking to you like he breaks the fourth fourth wall mm-hmm. yeah you mentioned it last week I and the think. voice actor who does who does it is phenomenal and you know some people are like oh it's such an army base but because it is it's it, it's a he's an army grunt but it's so <laughs> well written and put together it's funny like you don't feel like you're listening to a book you feel like you're listening to a movie or something it's just so well done mm-hmm. and there's like 15 or 16 books in this series so i've been i'm listening to it. i'm like halfway through and then i found out this guy narrates other books so i went through audio uh books dot um apple books and i found mm-hmm. like three of them that were 99 cents i'm like download 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 <laughs> <laughs> so that's my music <laughs> all right well there you go <laughs> uh so shall we get to the book? Oh, that's right. The music podcast is doing a book. No, I'm joking. I'm totally joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this episode came out a week and a half a- after we did a, a live show um, in honor of Jimmy Buffett. Hmm. And the re- reason why I bring that up is that I was thinking about this earlier. I feel like we talked a little bit on the live show how his music is very original, hmm. like very original. Yep. And he, and you mentioned that he doesn't steal from himself in a sense, mm-hmm. like his, he's got a sound that's his yeah. sound. Yep. But as you used uh, John Williams as a comparison, John Williams will steal lines from his compositions that he's done for yeah. the different movies, which I think is cool because it kind of like, connects them in some odd mm-hmm. way uh right it's, but, like, it's like almost like the john williams universe you know right exactly yes no and but it was a good comparison because jimmy buffett if you listen to his songs they don't right the only thing that connects him is his voice his mm-hmm. guitar the vibe playing, kind of yeah and and the vibe that he he gives yep. and i was thinking about this as um because we we re- we're reading this book about victor wooten and his journey and struggle with music and you and and the stuff that we were listening to by jimmy buffett is a guy that was a pilot and and a sailor and is Mm -hmm. writing songs and stuff based upon his some of them crazy experiences like getting shot down in jamaica Mm -hmm. and and i think it's interesting how i'm curious of what his musical struggle was Mm. did he have a musical struggle Right. Because if he's telling stories with his songs, he didn't really have a musical. He didn't really have a musical struggle, you know. Like it's just, it's just interesting the dynamic from Victor Wooten to Jimmy Buffett to Bella Fleck and the Flecktones, like how these individuals mm. are. I, I think I connect a lot to Victor Wooten's journey. Yeah, I and, do str- too. and I'm going to say struggle and struggle as well. Mm-hmm. And I think. I don't know much about Jimmy Buffett, so this might be just me being ignorant. I don't know, but like, I think the, one of the reasons that we connect to Victor so much is that I think with him. Um, by the way, his birthday is on um, Monday, so happy birthday, Victor! Oh, that's right, it's seventh, seventh, eleventh. Yeah, so, yeah, it, so when this comes out, he, his birthday's passed. Yep. Um, so, I, I, I think for you and me and Victor, like, like for us, you know music is kind of life almost yes. i don't know that jimmy buffett 
had that same thing because, you know, I mean, he was a pilot, you know, I, I, and again, I don't know what he did other than music and you know, music was a big part, obviously, but, you know, not everyone, you know, I remember, you know, talking about this in, my, in high school with my choir director, you know, my choir director would only see doctors that were musicians. Okay. Because he just, you know, he just trusted them more. Right, right, right. You know, but like as a musician, like the doctor is their main job, but music is a big influence. So I think it's, you know, it's it's almost like that phrase, you know, you live to work or you work to live. Right. It's like, you know, music is either your life or it's part of your life. And I think that's, I don't know that Jimmy Buffett was the person that was like Victor where music was his life. I think for he, Jimmy Buffett, life was his life. Right. I, that, I think he lived... I think he lived for his life, which I think is fantastic. Yes. And and a lot of what you read about him and what and uh, even up until the day he passed, is that he they said he lived his life, like mm-hmm. he did he did not shy away from right. doing the things that he wanted to do, which is why he mm-hmm. built the empire of money that he built was not really just to live this luxurious life; it's just so he can live his life the way he wanted to. Right. And and I think that's. The difference. I don't think that makes him a better musician than Victor Wooten. No. I'm not, not, I don't think that. I think all. that I mean, the the approach to their to their music is right. is different. And and yes, I do tend to lean. I'm more with Victor Wooten mm-hmm. because music pulls me forward versus. And, and it sounds weird to say this. Life pulling me forward. Right. Yeah. No. I. I. You know. And it was just funny because I read through this chapter again that we're going to talk about, and I was like, oh, it's kind of ironic that we just did that and it's like mm. it's it's parallel their their lives are parallel but for completely different journeys yeah yeah yep all right we've got a little philosophical there yeah well we do oh. that every once in a while yeah, sometimes sometimes we know what we're talking about <laughs> so when we left off um our trio had gotten into a, a taxi and it felt kind of weird um and that's kind of where we left it. So things pick up there. Basically what happened was they realized that the taxi driver was wearing headphones and they needed to get out of there fast. So, um, you know, Victor realized that this was going on, told everyone they got to, they had to get out. And um, Ollie actually didn't shut the door, so he was able to get out pretty quickly and pulled Seiko with him. And then Victor eventually got out. Unfortunately, Seiko did not get her, her drum out, so the drum has disappeared at this point. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it was kind of a, kind of a crazy scene as they pulled away from the, well, attempted to pull away from, <coughs> excuse me, pull away from the airport. Um, airport. Oh, they, that's right. Cause they dropped the car. Yeah. Cause the they went to drop. I was going to say bus terminal, but that lead, I'm thinking ahead. Right. You're thinking ahead. Yeah. So they went back inside to, get to the baggage claim cause they thought it'd be safer to be around more people. And, um, that is, so they get in the airport, and um, at this point, the I guess the ambiance of Music City took over, and um, Ali and Seiko were looking for the pictures of all these musicians, and there were no no pictures to be found. They didn't understand why, you know, and Victor was trying to get them to focus on what needed to to be happen to be to happen. Um, and at one point, he says, um, "So the airport was unusually quiet. There were a few people present." But the sounds of country music that usually played throughout the airport were absent. The only semblance of music was the rhythmic patterns of the moving baggage carousels. I knew we had to get out of there. So even in there, he felt something going on. Um, I don't know why I highlighted that, but... Oh, 
Because we always talk about how rhythm is everywhere. Isn't that a Paul Abdul song? Isn't that the rhythm is going to get you? Oh, rhythm is going to get you. Well, I mean, come on. Or is, that, or, is, or is that Gloria Estefan? Oh, maybe that's Gloria Estefan. That's Gloria Estefan. I don't. I have no idea. I get confused sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. No, but um, it, you're right. Yes. Yeah. And we talked so, about that, right? We we talked about how like you you caught it once when you were driving, mm-hmm. and I caught it while I was like in Home Depot and my wagon was like, yep, tripping out. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yep. So they hop on a bus, and um, it was a short bus ride. Victor fell asleep because um, he hadn't been sleeping much with all the confusion. And um, the plan was to make their way to Victor's friend's house, and hopefully, his friend would give him a ride home. Um, and then they get out of the bus, and they are approached by a man. Of course, wearing headphones. And they didn't realize this at first, but um, Seiko pointed out that he had no footsteps. Um, even though he was walking quickly towards them and you would normally hear that that sort of footstep, um, there was no footsteps to be heard at this point. So Ali and, and Seiko try to get out of there. There's and, there's something I do want to mention because I think yeah, it plays a factor. It. Yep. When they were getting out of the taxi, Victor Wooten dropped and rolled. Yes. He got he hurt himself, and I yes. think that that's important to state because I yep. think because that plays a factor moving forward. Yes, um, and he hurts himself again, and so. then he hurts and then he hurts himself again. But he's er, he's mm-hmm. weakened at this point. Yes, because yes. he fell and he kind of b- got banged up from that that fall. Mm-hmm. Right. So as this man is approaching, um, there is a sound that Victor hears, and a blinking light. So it's the blinking light of a crossing signal. And he said it was the first sound that he had heard. Um, so he started to approach that light. It was and the first musical note yes. that he heard. And I and yes. th- and I think that's interesting too, because we talk about rhythm being everywhere and he's noticing yep. a musical note everywhere. Yeah. yeah, he said it was the first musical note we'd heard since arriving to Nashville. I welcomed the sound, I dropped Seiko's hand and walked toward the light, as if it were a beacon in the night, a savior of some sort. Recalling Seiko's technique, I unfocused my eyes and used my peripheral vision. My whole body became more receptive. The sound caused a tingling sensation in my scalp as well as on the bottoms of my feet. I don't know why, but it was as if the crossing signal had become my own sign of a hope. Fear had receded as I stood captivated by the sound. I vaguely remember hearing Ollie's voice. I didn't respond. What struck me about this passage was um, the first book where he did the exercise of standing in front of the speaker and trying to feel where the vibration was coming from and spinning around with his eyes closed. Right. And, I, you know, I don't know whether Michael knew this back then, but it was all kind of training for this moment. You know, and Michael said in the first book, you know, when he was playing that gig, like all the gigs I've done up to this point were, are, were training for this gig that I'm about to perform. Right. So it's almost like, like all the training that Victor had done was leading him up to this moment here because he was, you know... Not only was it the sound, but Seiko added the whole vision part of it. So being receptive with his whole body as opposed to just being, you know, using his eyes to see. He was trying to use his whole body to see and use his whole body to hear. Which right. I thought was interesting. And, and because he says he closed his eyes, he stood erect, my arms at my side with my open palms facing the light, like reuniting with an old friend, the signal, and I walked him 
and I welcomed each other. Although it was mechanical, the sound felt alive. And, you know, it's it's interesting. And I, I'm going back to something that you brought up in an episode. Her name's Seiko. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the fact that Seiko is the name of a watch brand. Mm-hmm. And being that she's all based on rhythm and time, is that the reason why she's titled that? And I think it's interesting because at that moment, he drops Seiko's hand. Mm. Like it's like he let go of time for a moment. Mm, that's interesting because at that moment he gets entranced to this red light and the sound, mm-hmm. and he lets go of everything around him. And it made me think about Michael Crichton wrote a book called The Andronomous Strain, and it's about it's almost like the Manhattan Project situation where it's about these group of people that are underground in a in a lab, and one of the characters cannot look at a red light or they become entranced, and it play like. At first, you're like, oh, who cares about that? But it becomes a very important factor throughout mm-hmm. the the book. And I think it's interesting that this is a red light and it stops him. And right. it's that. And he, it's just, there's these like little things that you start going, I wonder if that was on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so then he hears a voice that says, listen, listen to me. And he didn't know who the voice was. And the voice responds, if you must ask, you are in grave danger. And he realized that it was the voice of music that he had heard um, years ago. And he says, she had done so much for me, but had I done enough in return? And I, I th- we talked a little bit about this last episode when we are talking about um, the the shame that they had felt. And I, I, th- you know, I know we talked about, you know, Victor's shame was leaving his his parents in that you know kind of that state, but I think on a bigger scale, it was the fact that he had never done what he said he was going to do was to help music, and that's kind of how the book opens up, right? So that that's more I think more of his shame, you know, in this in this book. Oh, no, I agree. I, I so. think that that's exactly what it is. Is that yeah, he didn't honor what he what he said, right? Because he does say. Um, he felt a mix of elation and dishonor. Yep. And music says you must, and then she fades away. And um, he tries desperately to get back in touch with music. And he remembers the words of Michael that says, try easy, my friend, try easy, which we have brought up many, many times. I think it's really important. And that's kind of the basis of meditation. You know, it's it's so easy to, to overwhelm yourself when you're meditating, but the way to meditate is to, to relax and let things come and, deal with them that way well and i think it's it's that mm-hmm. it's reminded himself to focus on what he's focusing on at that moment right. is that one sound that light or whatever so back to what you were saying how mm-hmm. he was using his technique that he learned with the speaker and just putting his focus back on that one thing because like you said for whatever reason he was taught all that stuff it was to get him ready for what's happening now so the music finally responds by saying, you must feel me at all times and in all things, even in the beeping of a crossing signal. That is important if you don't. And her voice faded into silence. And that's when um, Ali interrupted by saying, Victor, we must go. And they um, eventually start heading out. Um, and they ran away. And then out of the darkness of the night, um, Batman. Oh, sorry. Batman came. <laughs> um, 
He heard a scream, and Ali ran away, and as he stood there, he watched a man in a dark suit come into view, seemingly from nowhere. The darkness of the night and the combination with his, fati- with his fatigue made it difficult to focus. He shook his head and wiped his eyes. The man was still still there. Um, and then all of a sudden, a van pulled up, and the van basically grabbed Ali and Seiko and drove away and left Victor you know, by himself and... Um, you know, this is where you get into, um, you know, the the real despair that he feels in this book and chapter is that, you know, now he's lost Jonathan, who we had just met. Now he's lost Seiko and Ollie, um, and he just doesn't know what to do, he, and he gets angry. You know, again, kind of like the first book where he got mad at Michael so many times for, for kind of beating around the bush and trying to make him figure the things out by himself. And again, here he's by himself. He needs to figure things out for himself. Um, So he says, I was alone. There were no cars or no people, no lights or sounds. Even the wind had abandoned me. And if you remember early in the book, the wind is what brought him to Jonathan. So even that has now left him. And um, so the crossing light was flashing again. So he tried to run towards that flashing light in hopes that he would hear that sound again, that that music was still there, um, but he heard nothing. And then in his frustration, he said to himself, music always seemed to make me calm. Even fear would subside when she was around. I wondered if the opposite was also true. Were my extreme fear and frustration pushing her away, keeping me from hearing her? I needed to control my feelings. Music once told me that she needed to be felt at all times. She also alluded to that fact that I would be in danger if I couldn't always feel her. There's so much in there that I I resound... that's the wrong word that that I can't I can't speak words. resounds in you. Sure. I guess that's what I was trying to say. I don't know if that's the, the right word, but well, um, like resonates. That's the word resonates. There we go. All yes, right. I can stop now. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot resonates with you. Yes. Yeah, so because there's, there's a lot of times, you know, where I'm in situations where around people I get I have high anxiety. And a lot of times if there's music playing, I'm able to focus on that and that is able to kind of bring me back down to normal and and kind of handle the but situation you'll, better. You'll never be normal. So. No, that's, that's true. I'll never be normal. Yeah. I know that. To your baseline, but never normal. Yes. <laughs> Closer to other people's baseline. How about that? <laughs> no, so, but I totally get what you're saying because there have been times that I'm in the office, so much is going on around and like the best way for me to kind of get away from the background noise or the background chatter is either put a set of headphones in my ears or focus on one thing that might like pay attention to another sound that's unrelated in order to disengage from all that. Mm-hmm. How's the manhunt going? Cause I can see you looking at the monitors. People just, there are a bunch of people who just walked into the frame and I was like, who are these people? So just for those who are watching YouTube and you'll see Kyle periodically look up to those monitors, that is why. So and those that are listening to us, I'm watching Kyle and he's looking left and right up in the air and you know that he's looking at the manhunt. This is the manhunt. This is to make sure that the recording is still going on. And then this is you. So And then this is the book. Well wait. That's the book. So there's the book. There's the book. I am just so okay, wait. So let's let you know. Let's let's connect this for a second. Yeah. So you're talking about how music resonates with you, right? Yes. Are Sorry, they the okay? Screen, Did you fall? This, the screen fell asleep. So I had... <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. The script. So you talk about how music resonates with you. Yeah. All right. 
you um this man had started what um you text so, me what on like monday or tuesday so that's I when i tuesday. that's when it that's when i really kind of got hooked on it but it started on the 31st it's this is, this is day eight okay so and the reason why i bring this up as you've been watching this mm-hmm. okay and you're you're engrossed in it, it's it's yeah. it's very intriguing mm-hmm. especially that you have a friend that's nearby the area right and it's it's not like she's scared of it she wants to go on this manhunt it she sounds does. like okay so my my thing is this and and this is on a level of being a musician, mm-hmm. have you at all sat there going, I wonder what music would go really well with this in the background? I haven't because I've been so... so Engrossed? Like, engrossed, yeah. I just... I, I am in this in the phase of like, I need more information. Like, I just... Okay. You know, and I haven't been like this since the Boston bombings. That was, this was the, that was the last time that I was really... Right, right, right. right kind right, of yeah. sucked into this, you know you know checking twitter and I, I i got back on twitter for this it's not twitter it's x i went to twitter.com S- and i still got what social I media platform yes. formerly known as twitter so um my twitter account it's now works. a symbol I know, whatever <laughs> it is what it no, is no but but so it's you've gotten so engrossed in this mm-hmm. cuz because me on the other hand like i'd be watching and be like Hmm, I wonder what music would be in the background right. of this. Like, would it be heavy metal, <laughs> or would we have like this? Like, it would it be something from like a horror movie or or, or a mystery where it's like yeah. you know, did it? Like, it's Jaws, did it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, see, but see, the thing is, I'm so overloaded with because I'm listening. I'm watching two different streams, and then the right. police scanner. So it's like you got Fox News, who's got you know their sources. You got this other guy who's streaming it, who's got friends in law enforcement feeding him information, and then you got the police scanner all going. It's like I don't have time to process music and think about it. But you're processing three separate things at one time. Mm-hmm. Could you process three separate songs at one time? I, I don't know. I do, however, when I practice my scales, I do practice one scale on one hand, another scale on another hand. So I'll play so like different s- scales. I'll play like C in the left hand and E in the right hand. So yeah. And when you're doing that, mm-hmm. is is it a complete separation of your thought process when you're doing it, or is it? because you've done it so often it's just it just happens um it, I, it, I feel like that's a bad question is it is it is it so natural and subconscious to you that you could just pick the scales and go no or do you have to really I have focus to think on it. It. i have to really focus on it okay so you do that more for like mental development yeah and and hand independence because okay. like when you're when you're practicing scales like the idea is that you you play um the idea is for for hand unity, right? So you want to try and make each note with each finger on each hand sound the same. So like if you're playing, like your pinky is usually playing at the same time as your thumb. They're right. two different fingers, two different muscles, two different hands. But you want to get the exact same sound, the exact same attack, that sort of thing. Um, but when you add the extra element of the um, the other scale, you're now adding independence because sometimes the fingering is different. Like there's okay. a there's a sequence when you're playing the same scale and it it's the same, but now when you start adding different scales, now it's different notes, different flats, different sharps, right? Different right. movements, different rotations. So there's a lot more that goes into it. So it's almost like, you know, one one of the things that you learn as a pianist is one of, one of the first like real tests as how good. That's not a bad, that's a bad way of putting it. One of the first pieces that you would learn to really kind of set you on your way are Bach two-part inventions 
because what they do is it's I remember learning those actually yeah, yeah and like your right hand plays one thing and then your left hand plays the exact same thing but at a different time so it's training independence in your hands but like if you think about the way most music is written like the left hand is kind of this this bass kind of harmony thing but right. with the two part inventions it's melody and melody at the same time that creates a harmony so it's like there's a lot to think about so that being said can it be any two scales yes so they could be un- well i don't want to say unrelated because in a sense they're all related mm-hmm. yeah right so what but- i try to do because so part of part of what i try to do is try to isolate different things so i i my ear is pretty good so i know that if i listen to a scale like i know what's coming up next and my my fingers go by what i hear so i'll try to pick really dissonant scales so i'll play like f and f sharp at the same time well so c and like, c sharp like just right, so it's yeah. like i mean they're completely opposite scales of each other so it might be cheating a little bit but you know but like to to develop that yeah so i can't rely on my ear so i have to rely on that makes sense you know yeah so i was curious because i i, I have just difficult separating my hands playing piano in general. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're doing two separate scales is just like, right. oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So was this something that was taught to you or expressed to you by a teacher? Is this something that you were like, oh, let me try it. I want to see if I could do it myself. I had a teacher in high school who, in fact, my choir director, I would always listen to him practice. He was an Eastman graduate and he never played two different scales at the same time, but he would start on different notes. So he always do them in thirds. So like okay. if he's playing the C scale, he'd start with C in the left hand, but start an E in his right hand. I don't know why he did it that. Maybe just to, to change up the different fingerings. I don't know. That way it's not the same, you know, the same group. But of he fingerings. didn't change the. He didn't change like, the, the key. It was always the same. Like if he was playing C, he played C in both hands, just started on different notes. Okay. So, so that's okay. how I started. So, and then I went, well, if I'm doing this, I wonder if I could do two scales at the same time. And I started. And in the beginning, I'll be honest, I started with doing only C in the right hand and then doing every other scale on my right hand. And then Makes I sense. flipped them and then started doing different scales. So, And That's part of it is the scales, scales are boring for me. So this is now a way to make right. the scales more interesting. And you know. So for all you piano players out there who are looking for something to practice... Don't I, do this. I don't, no, I don't, try. <laughs> I don't know if it's worthwhile doing because I'm not very good, but you know. But no, but the thing is, is I I think because I play saxophone, clarinet. There's mm-hmm. no way, and you've played trumpet and French horn and a few other instruments. Mm-hmm. There's no way to do that no. with these instruments unless you put both in your mouth at the same time, which even for me is hard because I need mm-hmm. two hands on one of those instruments. Yep. I know, have like done I trumpet and trombone, uh, trumpet and French horn at the same time. Like, you, but you could do that because you could. You only need the three yep. keys. It's still I would. That's still a pain in the butt because the embouchure has got to be different on both of them, right? Yeah, and you have to like because it's diff- a different place. So it's here and here, right? But right. the cool thing about the French horn is it's left hand and the trumpet's right hand, so it's it works. Like you can make that right. Yeah. So, but in a sense of even if it's not something you mastered, I am mm-hmm. sure it has helped you in your playing. Yeah, probably. I don't know what you it's know? done for me. I have never well, made that, my but, students do but it. But here's because... the thing: you're saying probably, so it probably has. You just don't mm-hmm. know what it is, right? But there have probably been things that you've done that maybe in the past would have been more difficult, whereas you're doing them now and you're like, oh, this is easier now. And you mm-hmm. they not can't connect it to what it was, but it could be because you were doing the scale Who knows? You know? So, I mean, I know it has not helped you when it, working on the car and you don't, you know, pull the roof off oh. the top of your car, but that's, <laughs> that's a different true. story. That's very true. <laughs> so, um, you were reading the fact that um, 
Wait, did I turn the page too soon? I did. You know, we we went off topic, not in a bad way, but we no. talked. You were talking about how music comes, and we were talking about music and all that stuff. Yep. And then what happens after that? So he says, Victor says, I was alone and music seemed to be my only hope. I looked around, the streets were bare. Not knowing where to go or what to do, I sat down on the street corner and leaned back against a pole. It was a toss-up between getting up or giving up. The crossing signal my beacon of hope sat dark and silent just above my head, seemingly mocking my every presence. A musician, but you can't even hear a crossing signal. The thought was loud and clear. And this one hit me because... The weekend that I had, like everything I did was a failure. Like everything I tried to do went wrong. You know, I started working on the Jeep, turned out those those load output converters that I bought, both of them were bad. So I spent the morning trying to fix that, realized they were both bad. Um, the next day I went to make a, a birthday present for my mom, Jigsaw died. It's like, <sighs> like there goes that. Um, went and I returned a whole bunch of stuff at Home Depot. My son, my son, uh, safety glasses were on the top of my head. Went to the bathroom, took my hat off. Safety glasses fell on the toilet. I was like, you know, like my mom came over Monday because she wanted to make hamburgers for dinner. I only bought hamburgers enough for one person, and I went oh, like, like everything I, I, I say, done. She she came over and said, "You're really not my son." <laughs> <laughs> you were adopted. You were adopted, and your birthday's coming up. It is thirteenth. Yep. Oh. When is your mom's? She's she's twenty eighth. She's twenty eighth, right? Yeah, I knew she was the same month. I just couldn't remember the date. Um, but so, do you feel that that is a subconscious thing? Because one thing happened, you expect a domino effect, and like even though you're not thinking about it, just because things started happening, not, you're just like not okay, in the I, beginning. But okay. after like the third or fourth thing, I was like, yeah, this like what else is going to go wrong? Like, <laughs> right. Like it's like Murphy's law yeah. just kicked in and yeah. I there's no way to get mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. Monday night I was in a car accident. I don't know if I told Were you, you really. Yeah, it was. It was it was a very minor. Like I was at a stop sign. In fact, the same stop sign I was or the same street I was on without my other accident. And lady just bumped me like I had been hit harder in bumper car rides. Like, OK, barely touched the car. But like it was just like one more thing. It was like. You know, no That's damage, you, but no damage, no damage. But the New York probably and me more did to come her. Out, so, huh? The New York and me did come out, so <laughs> which we can discuss offline. <laughs> but yeah, but so that's it's crazy. Yeah, don't go to that stop site anymore. You know, it's a street that's it's <laughs> like it's the way home. Like it is on my way home. I know you showed me, and I, and I was like, that's cr- yeah. No, yeah. I, get it. I mean, I can go around that and go a different way, but it's another like six or seven minutes to my ride, and it's like, well, I don't want to do that, so. Right, and if you're hitting trap, it just makes it worse. Yep. Yeah. So he said the words reverberated, reverberated in his head. Mm-hmm. Made himself upset, threw a rock at the light, shattered. He questioned music. She abandoned him. He started yelling at the top of his lungs. He started crying, feeling ho- uh, hopeless, and went back down on the pavement. He started feeling an unpleasant feeling. He had an unpleasant feeling throughout his body. And he knew someone else was there, but he, you know, he just knew that uh, the man with no footsteps was close. He took a little bit of energy and he said, I'm sorry, please forgive me to out loud, but he doesn't know why. He heard it again, but a different crossing signal. And he made an attempt to stand to go across to that crossing signal that was uh, 
doing the same thing, that sound. But he felt vertical. Fell down the curb, fell into the street. And then a, the black van sped into his direction. Um, and then it goes further. They, uh, there's a man in front of him. Uh, he, tr- uh, they, he tried to stop, but his legs couldn't cooperate. He stumbled. And then the man stepped off the curb. He was wearing headphones. And then he started, he had some fear. He was screaming. I'm trying to, like, I don't want to, like, go deep into it, but I'm, I'm trying to pick mm-hmm. out those, like, those parts. Uh, he said there was nowhere to turn. And then he just saw his face was in full shadow, but the red reflections from his rapidly blinking headphones caused him to look even more menacing. This is the guy that was in front of him. And then he was kneeling down. He removed something from his uh, from his pocket. More blinking lights. He was about to put a pair of headphones on Victor's head. And he um, he said he felt hypnotized, and his eyes got heavier and heavier, like he was getting tired. And then he says, "Music told me that I needed to feel her at all times, but I was too scared to feel anything other than fear." As a final effort, I tried to sing. No sound. I tried to hum. There were faint vibrations, but I heard no sounds. My ears had become numb. I was losing the battle. In my mind, I pleaded for help. And then a melody formed in the back of his mind. And with all his effort, he was able to increase the intensity of it. He said it was beautiful, but it was unfamiliar. And I think that, so the, going back to that statement, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, if you remember back in the first book, there was... Um, I guess dynamics is is probably one one way to do it, but this was a different kind of dynamic. This was right. energy. It was you know more intense. So it, so that was. But again, I mean, that's a dynamic. More tra- yeah, more training yeah. from what Michael did. Right, right. For, he put his focus on. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all the things that he learned. The listening. Right. The yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all it's um. He sank into the melody letting the vibrations go throughout his body. And it basically startled the man that was trying to put the headphones on his head, uh, regaining sense, getting out of that hypnotic situation. Um, he finally opened up his eyes. The man was backing away. Then he was startled by footprints, uh, footprints, footsteps that, uh, approached from behind. And he was able to see a, a black mask covered the eyes of this man that was coming towards him. And he quickly grabbed and subdued him. Interesting that he heard those footsteps. Right. I was, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking the same thing. Like, it's interesting how he didn't hear the footsteps of the man with the headphones, mm-hmm. but he heard the footsteps of the other man. Was, was the other man with the headphones far enough back because he did recede? Could be. But or, if you think about it, like, like these, these, like people, when you find out what, yeah. Right. So, like, like these yeah. people are, are the ones that are taking the sound away. Right. But why were these footsteps heard? Right. Are they I bringing think, the sound back? Right. Yeah. Or or does this person say. know something on how to combat this? Right, Who knows? Right, right. He did say one of his assailants wore headphones and the other mask. So I guess he's talking about the same two. Right? And he moves slowly. The other moves amazingly fast. The man with the headphones vanished. And the masked man put him in the van. He was so he said he was an athletic person, but he was so tired and he he yelled with all his might, um, but he just couldn't do anything. Yeah, and for those that don't know, Victor used to do a backflip on his birthday every year. 
and post. I wonder if he's going to do one this year. He hasn't done it the last several years. He hasn't. He has not. Oh, okay. But he used to. Interesting. Well, I mean, the past several years was a pandemic. That's true. And everybody physically hasn't really been themselves because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying that people weren't working out, but those that typically some, yep. you know, kind of fell out of it. So yep. I wonder if it, if that was part of it, and, unless he got injured. Well, yeah, that so he also has a, a I think it's a neurological disorder he's been dealing with. Um, right. So, I OK, I don't know if that's part of it, too. That's possible. He's, he's yeah. over 50 now. You know, he's approaching 60. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is weird. I know. Like it's weird to 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 think that way because mm-hmm. I don't really think of age, right? You know, like yes, someone gets older, their looks may show that, but I don't like go look at the person and be like, oh man, I can't believe you're seventy. Like I'm just like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you're seventy. Oh, I had no right. idea. Like you mm-hmm. know, it's just one of those things. Um, he said he heard in mute, he heard muted laughter, but didn't think it was anything funny about the situation. He was the um they put a. Uh, they put a knit cap, a dark knit cap over his head. He became claustrophobic. And then he said, take what you want. I don't have anything, but take it anyway. Just please, please let me go. And the gentleman replied, don't talk, relax. And he said that it was a gentle voice. How am I supposed to relax? How am I supposed to, the last thing I remember before I blacked out? Now, he doesn't state why he blacked out. I forget. Does it state ahead why he blacked out? I think it's just from all the anxiety and the yeah. stress and his, and what he put his body through. Mm-hmm. He just it was just time for him to conk out. Yep. Because they don't hit him or anything like that. No. It's not like no. they back him on the head. But they did say uh, that that he did see like I think it was Ollie that just kind of go limp once the man grabbed him. Right. That's right. The man so, went right. 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 That's right. But I, I didn't uh, say that for him. And he said the van stopped. Doesn't know how much time passed. His head was still covered. He could feel the pain in his arms and legs. Heard the door open. He just remained quiet. Being upside down and blindfolded made it difficult to gather information. He wasn't sure what was happening. It was a new experience. He's never been kidnapped before. So he pitched himself. And then that line, because the measure is the the measure nine, the chapter is called Turn to the Light. Mm-hmm. And then the... Which we um, didn't talk about, but... Right. No, 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 no. But I mean... I mean, it, it clearly states mm-hmm. in the middle, like, that's what he does. And that, what is it? The subtext, the tagline is, if I was still alive, I wasn't sure how happy I was about. I was about it. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's like almost like he's in the middle of a, like, who cares situation. Mm-hmm. Which I guess at this point, Anybody probably would be like, what's the point? Right. You know, what's the point? So measure 10 is next week. And we'll give you a little heads up. It's called homecoming. You can ponder that. Not the Robert Randolph song. Huh? Not the Robert Randolph song. Not the- <laughs> it, it's interesting because the next few chapters are a lot of... Um, Like all the stuff that we talked about, about all the training that he went through with Michael and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, that's kind of where we're going. Like we're starting yep. to see the the training become a part of his life as Michael expected it to, just probably later than anticipated. Right. Or 
when it was supposed to happen. Mm. Well, they do talk yeah. a little bit about the timing of it. No, I know, I know. I'm just, yeah. I'm trying to keep it a, a mysterious until we get there. Because I'm still following the thing, the the from the first book where he says, the what was what's the line about everything being true and not being true? Mm. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know how much of this actually happened or what experiences that he had close enough to this for him to write the story. Mm-hmm. You know, like like not to sound funny, but a lot of what's going on right now potentially could have happened. Yeah, right, like. Mm-hmm. Potentially. I think the only thing that I'm not saying is far-fetched, but could potentially could be the one thing that didn't is like the loss of sound completely. Right. But at the same time, you know, if you were hit or you were knocked or something, you could lose your hearing Mm -hmm. for a moment. Yep. So like, we don't know like where this is all like, Mm -hmm. so it could all be real. It's just, so it's interesting how, you know, and it's in, in you know it's happening in Tennessee and Nashville. They're weird over there anyway. Sure are. I'm just <laughs> for those of you who live in Nashville, Tennessee. I've been to Nashville. I love it. So I'm not you know. And I want to go. S- so do you really? I do. Oh, that's right. You, you did talk about that. Yeah. 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 I have to say it was a, it was a cool trip and and everything like that. If you go and I think I mentioned this before, go to the Buttermilk Ranch. It's run by my cousin's wife, and she's a fantastic baker. It's delicious. Nice. I've never had that, but I've had some of her stuff while she was while they lived in New York. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, so let's um, call no. it quits for the evening. And uh... yeah, I guess so. So you can go back to your manhunt. Yeah, go back to the manhunt. <laughs> and edit the so, podcast. Uh, uh, long story short, Twitch Mon- Fridays and Sundays. Fridays at eight, Sundays at seven thirty. Check us out. Join us. Um, if you want to know what we're going to be doing, you need to follow our social media on well, Twitter. Maybe because I don't X. always know what I'm doing. So, uh, well, I'm just saying when we're going on, like yeah. just to have an idea. Uh, so Twitter X, same program, Instagram, get it, follow us in discord to have a conversation with us. We are on YouTube as well. So if you're listening to this and you want to see some of the stuff that's happening on camera in a few weeks out. You will see this on YouTube. And Kyle also uploads the uh, bloopers and the funny parts and some of the stuff that you don't see in video, the random things that happen as we're getting set up. So check that all out. You'll hear the closing note, which I think we need to update because I think it's a little outdated. But there is a link tree link in our um, show notes. Click that. That'll show you everything. And that's all she wrote. Have a good one, everyone. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Turn on the Music podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Click on the link tree in our show notes to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our Twitch and YouTube channel. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on our Discord. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us promote the show, head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Remember, always share the music. Thank <laughs> you.